Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of Across the Cemetery. My name's Josh. And my name's Emma. And you're in for a treat because for at least the second time this year, Emma's going to be leading the podcast. Cheeky bastards. And she tried to keep what she's going to talk about a secret, but then we were sat at the table yesterday while she was finishing her research off and decided to put a podcast on on the same topic. So now I know exactly what she's going to talk about, but it will be good anyway. Yeah, because I didn't want to cover things that people had already had, because, spoiler alert, I'm going to read some Reddit stories for you in a second. In, well, not in a second, literally, because the episode's quite long. Um, I just didn't want to spoil it. I didn't want to copy someone else. So, the topic that I have this week, I was a bit worried about getting it, to tell you the truth. I like this topic. Like how I read stories of children with past lives on Reddit, I also read stories of this too. That being said, this topic also scares me, as legend has it, that it, you can think this into existence. So, you can either cause this to happen to you, or you can like lead it to happen to you by by thinking of it, by by even talking about it. When I read about this topic, I find myself looking behind me more, especially on the dark nights. But then again, I don't think I'll find many skinwalkers in Liverpool. That's my topic. I guess by the way it really <laughs> emphasised skinwalkers. So, do you know anything about skinwalkers? Have you read about them or no. anything? I know your mum's got like a proper kink for it. Ew, don't say kink and my mum in the same thing. <laughs> but yeah, my... And skinwalkers. My mum loves Skinwalker Ranch, which we are going to talk about. I was debating getting her on, but then I feel like it would have been about four episodes just to be saying how much she loves it. Nothing to do with Skinwalker. Nothing would have happened to her. It's been noise. So, what exactly is a Skinwalker, you've just asked? I did, yeah. What exactly is a Skinwalker? (laughs) So, the exact origin of the Skinwalker legend is yet to be confirmed. According to Navajo legend... Skinwalkers are usually shape-shifting witches whom have the ability to take shape or transform into animals such as wolves and bears, or some ca- in some cases they transform into other people. So skinwalkers go by different names in different Native American tribes. The Navajo version is called Yi Nadalushi, which translates to With it, he goes on all fours. Some traditions state that those who are skinwalkers were previously powerful healers or medicine men that have been com- became so corrupt with their own power and abused their magic, thus a skinwalker is born. However, it has also been alleged that certain social wrongdoings and defiance of tribal tradition can cause one to become a skinwalker. It must be said, however, that being a skinwalker is not a curse. So, like the werewolf film traits that we see, where they're doomed to turn every full every full moon, mm-hmm. a skinwalker chooses to be a skinwalker. Oh, so, but did you just say that it's been it, it's witches or like? Yeah. So the the medicine men are evil. Like they use their power to okay, become. Okay, so they this. want to. Be... They want to be. Okay, one. so it's like the ultimate flex of being a bad person in the medicine men world. I guess so, like. Um Could you pick a time to take your drink when I'm talking? So, <laughs> so it's just pure silence while I'm watching you take a sip. 
So skinwalkers choose to become skinwalkers. So the legend has it that if you kill a family member, you'll become a skinwalker. So like I said, this is not a case. You choose to be a skinwalker. So essentially skinwalkers are bad people. So would they kill their families out of choice because they wanted to be a skinwalker? Yeah. Hmm. Did you like sacrifice? If you had to kill someone in your family, it would be go. No, because I can't <laughs> say that. Because a name came to my head then. But I can't say it. Sorry. I pro- you probably know who you are. <laughs> <laughs> so, as I previously mentioned, skinwalkers are primarily physically animalistic. Even in their human form, they are known to portray traits of animals. So... One of the most common ones is they'll have like animalistic eyes even when they're in human form. The microphone just fell on me. Skinwalker. <laughs> Skinwalker the box. Stop it, you're, meant, you're not meant to talk about them and we are. This is like the ultimate sacrilege, isn't it? Because you're recording what you're saying about <laughs> it. So you will talk about it forever. There will always be a recording of you talking about skinwalkers. So... Skinwalkers primarily take the form of wolves, however, depending on the task at hand, they will choose their skin depending on what skills are required. For example, if they require extra strength, they may they may wear the skin of a bear. I must mention their powers, because what was a paranormal podcast be without the mention of powers? It's just a paranormal podcast, I guess. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, apart from the obvious, or not so obvious, superhuman senses... So superhuman speed and shape shifting. That was a lot of S's. You picked all the S's, didn't you? That was a lot of S's. Skinwalkers are also said to possess the skill of telepathy. Mm. So yeah, not only are they super strong, but they can read your mind too. But that's not it. They can also possess your mind. So they can control your thoughts and manipulate them. They can also mimic voices of both humans and animal sounds. So I'd be on the lookout next time you think you've heard your mum call your name. That's a bit like um, doppelgangers. Yeah, kind of. Actually, yeah. Because they're not really... The the source of them isn't truly known. Although we speculate it may be aliens. Mm. I wonder if, because Native American tribes tend to come from very vast areas. Yeah. I wonder if there's any... There may be, because, yeah, because, yeah, there may be, because skinwalkers can wear skins of the humans, as well, of different humans as well, and they can mimic human voices, like, there was a story I've read on, I found on Reddit, but it's also been read on a previous podcast, they, um, they were, like, doing a baby voice of mm-hmm. crying, of, like, someone's, like, someone's baby, and then they went out. Yeah, so when Dick's, like, Native American... Societies, I guess, because they are societies, aren't they? Are they like tribes, would you say? Yeah, but the, the way things have elevated and stuff now, they yeah. make their own sort of systems, yeah. countries within countries, basically. They have like their own reserves and everything. Yeah. But they're really like old traditions, aren't they? And stuff like that. It dates back pre colonisation, I guess, to say the least. But then you hear stuff like the Egyptians being mm. really old societies and they've got links to aliens that we've yeah. or potentially got links to aliens that, to be confirmed, I guess. And they also like cats. <laughs> Egyptians. Yeah. And Native Americans like wolves. Yeah. 
Apart from Skinwalker Wolves. Yeah, they're bad wolves. Yeah, so this, the native, well, the Navajo culture, they don't like you wearing, like, um, certain skin of an animal. Like, you're allowed to wear, like, like a cowhide or whatever, but they don't really like you wearing, like, a wolf's clothing. Especially if you're a sheep. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. That's why I looked at you, like, when I said it. You didn't betray it on the podcast very well, but as soon as she read that sentence or said that sentence, her face just dropped and eyes rolled because she instantly knew what was coming. <laughs> so in order to truly banish a skinwalker, you would need a powerful shaman equipped with the correct incantations which cause the skinwalker to turn on itself. They, le- they are allegedly almost impossible to kill. However, there is a law that reports if a bullet or a knife is dipped in white ash that that should do the trick but you must have good aim as this bullet the bullet or the knife must hit the skinwalker on the neck or the head hmm. it can also be said that if you call their original name that this defeats them too so if you find out who they were previously before they transformed say if you were a skinwalker and you were transformed into a wolf and then i shouted josh that would defeat you Oh, what that that's from another phenomenon as well. And now I, I don't know what it is, but I, I'm sure that's yeah. from something else, like sort of um, uh, vampires spring to mind, but I don't think it's vampires. No, it's not vampires, is it? Is it like a sort of zombie thing, where like I'm sure it's and they like melt into the. Sp- the floor or something, or maybe it's a, maybe it is a vampire film that we've seen. Yeah, it's from something. But move on because we'll just be sitting here just speculating <laughs> what what this phenomenon is from. But yeah, if you call a skinwalker by its name, that apparently defeats it. Does it? If you call stop the... being a skinwalker, does it just go back to being a human? Or I think so. But then once you if you kill a skinwalker when they're in the skinwalker form, you kill them as a human. Like there was a story on Reddit. Um, they kill they. I don't know what I was, like, these skinwalkers were, like, on a reservation or something, so somebody shot them, and then, like, a couple miles down the road, there was a lady with the same injury that the skinwalker would have had, like, the wolf would have had, but she was naked and injured. Oh, right, okay. In, like, the same place. Like, in the arm or something. Hmm. Okay, so, like I said before, not a great deal is known or understood outside of the Navajo culture surrounding skinwalkers and the Navajo community are reluctant to discuss it with outsiders and even amongst themselves. Tradition states that speaking about these malevolent creatures not only provides you and your family with bad luck, but it can also make their appearance likely to occur. It can also be said that those from outside this culture do not possess the correct experience or understanding required to grasp this law. So skinwalkers became popular in the media due to the frenzy. Skinwalkers became popular in the media due to the frenzy surrounding Skinwalker Ranch. The events that occurred at Skinwalker Ranch seem downright unfeasible and false, but what if they're not? So let's have a bit of background of Skinwalker Ranch, also known as Sherman Ranch. It is in Utah. In the early 1930s, a couple named Kenneth and Edith Myers owned the 512 acres that is Skinwalker Ranch. According to Kenneth's brother Garth, 
he st- who worked there in his younger years, he stated that nothing, absolutely nothing, happened when the Myers were owners. But in 1994, it was bought by Teddy and Gwen Sharman, who moved in there alongside their two young children. However, they were driven away from this home after only two years due to the petrifying paranormal events that occurred. When the Sherman family first moved in, they were met with deadbolts on doors and windows, which they found confusing. The doors had deadbolts on both the inside and outside. The family also found large chains outside that looked capable of restraining heavy animals. The Utah-based newspaper, the Deseret News, authored an article called Frequent Flyers. The article discussed the unusual encounters of the Sherman family, Several specific incidents were described, including the sighting of orange circular doorways that seemed to appear in mid-air, and a red glowing thing that lit the whole side of the mountain up like broad daylight. The Shermans also discussed circles of flattened grass, curious markings in the soil, and perhaps most disturbing of them all, the inexplicable deaths of several cows. One animal was found with a hole in its eyeball, but otherwise untouched, a second cow also had a hole in its eye, but it also had a hole in its rectum, and a strange pungent chem- chemical smell hung in the air. The family saw a wolf attacking one of the cattle. They shot at this wolf multiple times with a handgun, but the wolf did not react to any of the gunshots, despite them making contact with their body. The wolf continued to attack the cattle until it decided to run off unharmed, despite despite being shot several times. The wolf eventually vanished and left a rotting smell behind. The family also alleged that this wolf was three times bigger than a normal wolf and it had red glowing eyes. The shamans have also allegedly witnessed tall Bigfoot-like creatures on the ranch, including a heavily muscled beast with with curly red hair and a bushy tail. Should have shot it in the neck, shouldn't he? Yeah, they should have. Wasting seven bullets, or six bullets, maybe. How many do you have in a handgun? <laughs> it was, it, it can it's six, because on January... Jan- that's a revolver. Oh. And even in a revolver, you can get different sized chambers. Oh. It, it just depends on what they were using, I guess. Okay. So, Terry Sherman, or Sherman, I keep... I keep it's Sherman. I keep dipping between the two, and I'm sorry. It's- it, it, you've read some really, really bad like, words in terms of pronunciation potentials. And you're falling down on Sherman. (laughs) (laughs) So, Terry Sherman also reported hearing voices speaking in a language he did not recognise, about 25 feet away, but he could not see anything or anyone. His dogs were going crazy at this, barking and playing up, but they ran back hastily, hastily to the house, afraid of whatever was out there. After the family fled this property, Robert Bidslow, bought the ranch in 1996. It thus became the home of paranormal of a paranormal research group called the National Institution for the Discovery of Science. Under the name the National Inter- Under the name the, in- the National Institute for Discovery Science, Begelow set up round the clock surveillance of the ranch, hoping to get to the bottom of the paranormal claims. The surveillance led to a book called Hunt for the Skimwalker, science confronts the unexplained at a remote ranch in Utah. In the book, there were several researchers that claimed to have seen paranormal activities. 
they were unable to capture any meaningful, any meaningful physical evidence that supported the Sherman's incredible stories. So, in 1997, an employee of Robert Big, Biglow, Dr. Colin Keller, de- detailed in this book, Hunt for the Skillet Walker, that he had came to face-to-face with an unknown creature. He writes, The large creature that lay motionless, almost casually, in the tree, the only indication of the beast's presence, the only indication of the beast's presence was the penetrating yellow light of the unblinking eyes as they stared fixedly back into the light. Keller fired at the supposed skinwalker with a rifle, but it fled. He said it left claw marks and imprints on the ground. Keller described the evidence as signs of birds of prey, maybe a raptor print, but huge, and from the death of the print, it was from a very heavy creature. Another incident incident was reported by Keller so this is similar to the shaman's one with their dogs so Keller's dogs started acting strange just after they'd been tagging a newborn calf so the you know the tag that you put on the ear once they've been born so you can track them and register them Mm. so the while the calf was getting tagged the dogs were acting crazy um this called Keller and his wife to investigate 45 minutes later though they had some tagging to do. <laughs> so what was making their dogs go so berserk? They found in a field in broad daylight a calf and its body cavity was empty. Oh. So this is a quote from Dr. Keller. Most people know if an 84-pound calf is killed, there is blood spread around. It was as if all of the blood had been removed in a very thorough way. Three eyewitness saw a very large animal in a tree and also another large animal in the base, at the base of the tree. We had videotape equipment, night vision equipment. We started hunting around the tree for the carcass, but there was no evidence whatsoever. Right. In 2016, Skinwalker Ranch was sold for $4.5 million to a company called Adamantism Holdings, who is owned by Brandon Frugal. After this purchase, the roads going into the ranch were blocked and the, perim- the perimeter is guarded by cameras and barbed wire. This is to stop visitors from coming in and you cannot visit the ranch, but you can watch their programme series, which is called The Secret of Skinwalker Ranch, which is on the History Channel. Of course it does. So, Make a bit of money. What do you think about Skinwalker Ranch? Why, when he initially saw Keller, Dr. Keller, when he initially saw the first time, the animal in the tree, and the tree, it was doing nothing. Did he just shoot it? Um, I think because it had glowing eyes, but it could have been an. Yeah, but if you look at one of the cats and one of the lights say, reflecting a certain way, then they got glowing eyes too. Yeah, Loki's are very yellow as well. And dogs do that. If you look at a dog's eyes, reflecting. Owls do that. Certain types of birds do that. I, I don't. Maybe I don't know. Um. All on people's eyes glow, don't they? If you... Especially the evil ones. The skinwalker ones. Yeah. Let's have some skinwalker stories then. Good. So I've tried to find some that wouldn't be read out on other podcasts. So I've looked at more recent ones. Um, if they've been here before or you've read them before, I'm sorry. I'm not. Okay. <laughs> and as always, I'll link the Reddit users so that you can go see the story in the flesh if you wanted to. 
I found that there's often other people sharing their experiences in the comment section, so it's quite interesting. You probably do get lost, to be honest. Okay, anyway, this story is from Reddit user sad underscore ad underscore 2051. Ready? Before I begin, I would like to say that this is a very long story. It's been something that's haunted me since I was six years old. Since my first encounter with it, I had... I have had dreams about this and two very specific encounters with this creature. I'm sharing this story so I could possibly find help on what to do on how to get rid of it. This creature that's been haunting me since I can remember. Just for background, I'm a 21 year old female. I'm still worried about this creature finding me, but I'll get into detail why later. For now, here is my story. I would always go camping with my grandparents who I call my Gammy and Gampy. At the end of my school years I would always look forward to it since I grew up loving the outdoors and the woods. I especially loved camping, loving the idea of having s'mores, taking long hikes, being around the campfire and of course the wildlife we would see. Now I grew up in California, mostly near cities, so the forest was like my true home to me. I always preferred being near trees and dirt rather than buildings and crowded places. Besides, the woods were much quieter and more peaceful. I always felt safe when I was there, like nothing could ever hurt me. But something strange would always happen at the end of the month of May. I would have this reoccurring dream during the last week of my school year. I would be alone in the woods, walking alone down a dirt trail. The woods were always strangely quiet. I would continue to walk this path until I saw this red fox poke its head from behind a tree. Its eyes were always strangely human-like, but they were yellow and somehow looked like teddy bear eyes, and it would just stare at me. It wouldn't make a sound at all, it would just watch me. Usually in my dream, I would go up and pet it, that making the fox finally make a noise. It was usually a soft growl. Then I would continue walking and it would follow me. The first time I would have this dream was when I was five, when I was actually around five years old and it lasted until I was perhaps 11. Over the years it would be the same exact thing. I would walk into the woods, find the fox, pet it, then continue my hike with it alongside me. But after having this dream for the fourth time, it would start to walk behind me. That's when I started to feel uneasy about this fox. I could hear it making odd noises, but every time I went back to look, it was just walking like nothing was wrong, even somehow giving me a smile. Sorry to go on about a dream, but I now believe that this was a warning of the creature. Now that the dream is out the way, I can, I can talk about my first encounter. I was six years old and was going on a camping trip with Gammy and Gampy for about a week. I was very excited for it, being able to barely keep myself in my school seat for the last day of kindergarten. They had picked me up right as the bell rung and had already had the camping trailer attached to my Gampy's truck. I remember he drove an old red truck that only had three seats, me always being in the middle. It took about two hours to get there and another good hour to find our usual camping spot. It was deep into the woods and far from other people, as my gammy wasn't too fond of being around other people when we camped. As the trailer 
As they were setting up the camping trailer, I wandered around the campsite, loving to dig in the dirt for bugs. I had sat down on the dirt and started to dig, but I noticed how strangely quiet the woods were. It was never quiet, not even in the dead of night. I thought it was odd, but being only six, I didn't think too hard about it. As I continued to dig for bugs, however, I thought I heard my gammy call for me. She would usually call me Sugar Bugger, that being a nickname she gave me since I was born. That's what I had heard, but it sounded like she was very far away and somewhat sick. Sugar Bugger, I looked up where I heard it come from, that being from the woods. But there was no way she was there, she was still unloading stuff from the truck. Even at the age of six, it didn't feel right. So I walked closer to my grandparents and stayed next to them. I soon forgot about my weird encounter, though, as we began to have fun. For the rest of that day, we played card games, sat next to the campfire as we ate dinner, and stared up into the stars. I always loved seeing the stars. There was never any where I lived. We started to get sleepy around 9pm, and we started to get ready for bed. There were bunk beds that me and my gammy would sleep on, keeping our luggage on the top bunk and we would sleep on the bottom. Due to my gampy's snoring, he would sleep on the couch of the trailer. I would always sleep next to the trailer window just in case I couldn't sleep and wanted to look outside. I fell asleep pretty quickly though, that being the last day of school and all, it was pretty exhausting. I remember waking up maybe hours later, it was still pitch black outside. It wasn't weird for me to wake up in the night since I have always had sleeping issues. I rolled onto my side trying to fall back asleep until I heard Sugar Bugger. My eyes immediately shot open as I heard my nickname being spoken, but I knew it wasn't either of my grandparents. They were both asleep and were never known to sleep talk before. I started to feel this horrible feeling in my gut, like whatever I was hearing really wanted to hurt me. Even at the age of six I knew that this wasn't normal, then I started to hear tapping at the trailer window. It was soft, but loud enough for me to hear it. Tap. 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 I just sat there, frozen in fear. I was trying to brush it off as tree branches or rain, but I just knew that it wasn't. I could tell that it was really someone, or something, tapping on the window. Then I decided to be brave and look. Big mistake. I pulled the curtain away to only peek and all I saw was these yellow eyes. They seemed glassy yet not entirely real. They looked like giant teddy bear eyes but cold and unwelcoming. I remember in the moment I panicked and quickly closed the curtain back up. I then hid under the blanket, that being the only thing I knew to do when I saw a monster. I could feel tears falling down my face. I had never been so terrified in my life. I just curled up into my gammy's side and clung to her all night long. That damn tapping only getting louder and more persistent through the night. I don't remember falling asleep, but somehow I did. I do remember my gampy waking me up around noon saying how if I got up quick enough we could still go out fishing. I honestly didn't want to leave the trailer at all. Terrified that whatever I saw that night Terrified that whatever I saw the night before would be out there. I did eventually go outside, but I was constantly looking hor- around, horrified that whatever saw me last night would get me. My gammy Im- immediately knew I was scared, 
and pulled me in for a hug when she saw me, asking me what was wrong. I did tell her what I saw and heard, and surprisingly she believed me. The next thing I knew, she was telling my gampy that we were moving campsites. It took a bit to convince him, but he did eventually start to pack up and hook the trailer onto his truck. I was put into the truck so I could sleep properly, but I just couldn't. I kept feeling that I was being watched, thinking that every little noise was the thing I saw, that even if I closed my eyes for a second, it would get me. My gammy wasn't too far from me when I heard it again, but this time it was my actual name. Alea! In that moment, I had never seen my gammy move so fast. She looked up into the bushes where we heard it, then to me. She then got into the truck with me and pulled me into a tight, protective hug. I began to cry all over again, telling her how I wanted to go back home. That's when my gampy got into the truck as well, and since I was sobbing so hard to the point of coughing, he agreed we would go home. We started to head out to the out of the campsite, still hurt that this trip had been ruined by something, but I still didn't know what. That's when something in my head told me to look back. I slowly did so, feeling an ice-cold fear wash over me as I saw something. A red fox, sitting in the middle of the campsite, sitting there with large yellow eyes. The same red fox from my dream, somehow curling its lips into an eerie smile. After that encounter, we never did go back to the campsite. We did continue to camp, but in more populated areas. I didn't tell my grandma what I saw, but she had told me to trust my gut, so she but she had told me to trust my gut. She knew that I was sensitive to certain entities and that would help me if I trusted it. Now this would be the end of the story, but I'm afraid it isn't. There was one more encounter I had with the creature. And it was much more terrifying than the first time. The second encounter I had was when I was 17, many years later. By this time I knew very well what a skinwalker was now and I was still very paranoid every time I went near wooded areas. I still worried about seeing that fox but I never really thought about it too much. Me and my two younger siblings were staying at a relative's house for Christmas, them living way up into a mountain area. I think they were my great auntie and uncle but I'm not, I'm not sure. Where they lived there was no service at all so unless we hooked up onto their Wi-Fi, we had no phones. I don't mind the house, still loving the woods no matter what happened. I hated how they didn't close the window curtains at night, making it easy for anything outside to see inside. But I did feel safe while inside the house, knowing that they wouldn't let anything hurt us kids. Luckily it didn't snow where they lived, so we could go outside and run around. They also had this beautiful black lab, being about one year old, she was named Pam. She was very playful and normally wouldn't listen to anyone but my uncle. Although she was easily excitable, she was a good puppy. One of the days we were there, my little sister and our aunt went out to a store for a nice girl's day. Although I'm a girl, I wanted to go hiking with my uncle and my little brother. We left pretty early since the hike we were doing was four hours of walking into town. It was a really chilly morning, but since we were doing so much walking, it felt great. We also decided to take Pam. It was a good way for her to get exercise and to have fun. About maybe an hour into our walk, I started slowing down a bit, wanting to enjoy the beautiful forest. It was so peaceful. 
I could have honestly stayed there, but as we continued to walk, I started to feel something odd. I noted how quiet the forest had suddenly become, hearing only our footsteps and my brother talking to our uncle. Pam noticed it too, her ears straight up and growling softly. I started to pick up my pace to get next to my brother, worried that possibly a coyote or a mountain lion was nearby. I knew though that they wouldn't be out at this time. Even if they were, they didn't walk near the roots. My little brother was only nine. At the time, and being the oldest sibling, my natural instincts were to protect him. My uncle noticed the silence as well, telling us to stay close to him and Pam, who was now next to me and still growling. I began to feel that horrible feeling again, that ice-cold fear I once felt when I was six. I tried so hard to not think of the creature, but it was all I could worry about. I was scared. I felt like I was back to being that scared little six-year-old girl again. I had to stop for a moment though, seeing my shoelace had came undone. I quickly kneeled down to tie it back up, trying to hurry and just get out of there. That's when I heard it. Alea! In that moment, my heart dropped into my stomach. My eyes were widened and I could just feel myself start to shake from fear. It was right next to me. I heard it clear as day. I slowly turned my head and there it was. That same red fox, still having those horrid yellow eyes and that demented smile. Only this time I saw it much more clearly. Its fur looked so matted and disgusting. The smell it had was like rotting, decaying flesh mixed up with garbage. Its limbs were too long for a normal fox. The back legs bending completely the wrong way. Those eyes were still the worst things about it, but now they looked emptier than than I had remembered. I wanted to scream, I wanted to run, and I wanted to cry, but I just couldn't. I was frozen as I was, too scared to even blink. I then heard it speak again, but this time, however, it mimicked my little brother's voice. Found you. Before anything else could happen, Pam suddenly jumped in front of me and started to bark like mad, snapping and growling so aggressively that it scared me out of my frozen trance. When I looked back, it was gone. I used that moment to run over to my brother and uncle, who didn't see what I saw as they were too far ahead now, but I heard my uncle start to pray and sing a song under his breath, keeping my brother and myself close to him. I was too scared to even look back, so I kept my eyes on the ground and refused to stop walking. Pam had stopped barking, but she was still loudly growling and never left my side as we continued our hike. My little brother was a bit worried, but he just thought it was a coyote. When we finally made it into town, my uncle had called our our aunt and told us to come pick us up, saying something about how it wasn't safe for us to walk back. Thankfully, she did come and get us, but she was confused since we have talked about that hike for days. On the car ride back, Pam never left me alone. She was right with me the entire time. She knew that something was after me and she protected me. I was very grateful that she was with us. Who knows what would have happened if she wasn't. When we got back to the house, I was talked to by my uncle and aunt. Once I told them what happened and what I saw, they had started to pray and check that all the locks were shut tight. My aunt put something around the doors. I now believe it was probably ashes, but I never did find out. 
Unfortunately, this made our Christmas vacation cut short as they were worried that I was not safe while still in the woods. We had to be taken home the next day, then making an excuse of how there was an emergency with a friend and that they had to help out. I felt horrible that this Christmas was ruined, but once I did leave the woods, I truly felt safe again. Before they had to drive me back home, though, they told me it wasn't my fault and that luckily I didn't get hurt or the other kids. It did make me feel a bit better, but it still brought up a lot of questions and worries. It was still around. How? Why? What did it want from me? Does it want my skin? Does it want my soul? Was I going to be tormented by this thing forever? I still don't have answers to the questions and that's what really scares me. Now I've moved from California and I now live in Kentucky. I do live in woods, but so far that thing hasn't found me. I know that seems very stupid on my part, but life has changed a lot since I was growing up. I was given no other option but to live somewhere else, and my grandpa was kind enough to let me live with him. So please don't call me an idiot for moving to the woods when I had no other choice. Anyways, I, whilst I'm happy it hasn't found me, I'm still worried. Can it still find me? Is it still hunting me? I'm not close to anyone who, know, who truly knows how to get rid of this thing and that's why I'm telling my story now so I can possibly find help. What do you think? There was no mention there of Native American yeah. reservations or, or land, which there usually is when you come across a skinwalker story, yeah. which is the thing that stood out to me most. They were in California. Yeah, which oh, there might be a, a reservation or a settlement of some yeah, kind. Yeah, true. But you find them more in like, like they're usually towards the south. I was going to say like Utah, um, New Mexico, that type of way. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, I, I I thought it was a good story. I thought it was well written. I don't think it was true. <laughs> no, I don't know. They could she could have seen a fox. He or she, I didn't. I, didn't, or I think it was a girl. She said she was a girl, wasn't she? She oh. didn't want to go on a girl's trip. She wanted to go on the hike. Oh, okay. Yeah, a bit ambiguous, maybe. When I first read it, I thought something was going to happen to Pam, the dog. And I got oh. upset. Yeah, more evidence that we don't deserve dogs. We do not deserve dogs. Far too good to us. Yeah. Pam was a good boy, even though she was a girl. She was, <laughs> she a, was good, a good girl. She was a good girl. <laughs> Yeah, that's a very good story. Um, bit ambiguous. Interesting how it didn't mention any sort of Native American yeah. link. Well, was still a skinwalker. How do they know it's a skinwalker? Especially if it was a fox. A fox, yeah. Um, well, she, the said, eyes, she said the limbs were um, really long. They didn't look natural. Yeah. And the eyes were yellow, like glowing yellow. But then she said her brother thought it was a coyote. Yeah. Maybe it was a coyote. It might have been. And it they, wasn't a fox. <laughs> yeah, because they've got long limbs, haven't they? I think they're a bit bigger than foxes, yeah. yeah. And then, but then the knees bent the wrong way. Yeah, its limbs were bent the wrong way. But does that mean it was backwards? Because I'm pretty sure foxes and coyotes have knees that bent forwards like ours. Yeah, they do, don't they? I'm pretty sure. So does that mean their limbs, their, their knees went backwards? Because mm-hmm. normally you find skinwalkers are on... Yeah, they are on all fours, but they can walk on the hind legs. Yeah, so too imitation they use the the image of that animal as a a disguise but you can tell that it's not completely authentic yeah yeah Yeah, very interesting story 
I've got a few more stories, but I'm going to make you pick between them because that one was long. <laughs> it was, but it was good. <laughs> um, so pick a number between one and three. Two. Okay. Right down the middle. <laughs> so this is number two, and it is from Personal Dash Palemo 8703. It is titled, I live in Utah, and I'm pretty sure I had an encounter with a skinwalker or a windigo. I'm a 25-year-old male. I live in Utah and I'm curious if any of you have seen anything like this before. I'm pretty sure I saw a windigo or a skinwalker. I know it sounds crazy and I don't really believe in those things and I'm regularly sceptical when it comes to the paranormal. This happened to me when I was 17 and in high school and living with my parents. My house at the time was in a very small town. The backyard faced open empty fields and mountains for miles before you reached another civilization at all. My best friend lived next door and shared this field as our backyard in a way. I have to explain that his house was built on a different street that ended in the field with a small cul-de-sac. I think there was supposed to be more houses built down this street to expand the town, but they clearly never got around to it. So his driveway was basically in this cul-de-sac, even though there were no other houses built there. This matters later in the story. I used to stay the night at my friend's house a lot in high school, because I didn't have the best relationship with my parents. Every once in a while we would wake up to hear dragging and a weird gargling sound from the back porch. His room was a basement room with the window well to the back porch. It would happen maybe a couple times a month, but whenever we gathered the courage to check, nothing would be back there. This happened for years. One night haunts my friend and I to this day. My friend was getting ready to move and we would stay up all night playing games and watching movies. We decided to go on a music drive to just vibe. So we hopped into his truck with high beams and swung out of the driveway turning them on towards the field to use the roundabout. The light illuminated this thing. It looked like a person, but it wasn't. It was naked on all fours, abnormally large, particularly its limbs that seemed to fold under itself in an unnatural way. Its pale skin clung to it like it had been stretched onto it, but the part that still sends shivers down my spine is its face. Its jaw hung open to this gaping black maw, like a snake unhinging its jaw to eat. Its black eyes glistened in the light as it looked at us, but just as it turned to see us, it scurried backwards, almost like it was on a rewind into the brush of the field. My friend and I were pale as ghosts. We both looked at each other like, did you see that too? We were shaken. Let's just say we tried to have a good rest of the night, but we couldn't believe what we saw. We ended up just sitting there in his basement with guns ready and waiting to hear the gargling and dragging again, but we never did. Sorry that it's not very climatic, but it's the truth. I now don't live in that town anymore. There are times when I visit there, that empty field still feels like it's watching and waiting. Even though I can't see it, can't see it, I can still feel like it's out there. What do you think? Um, me. It's the way it's written raises suspicion to me. Just vibing or whatever it is. No, it, it's it's first few sentences set a scene. Yeah. Then provide the reader with a bit of comfort. Yeah. 
then provides a bit of, oh, what was that? Oh, a bit of scare, a bit of anxiousness, Mm -hmm. maybe. And then climaxes. Nothing happens. (laughs) No, climaxes in in seeing this thing, Uh, they don't know what it is. Yeah. And then sort of leaves on a cliffhanger. Yeah. He said he still feels like it's there, though, so I feel like he's going to write a follow-up, maybe. Yeah. There's scope to add, add more to it. Yeah. Uh, but I, I feel like he had to get the trip in. Like, I don't get on with my parents. I am a poor but that, teenager. That's part of the right, the, the well, well written. Well, yeah, yeah. But that's part of like, the um, the tactics of the writing. because so it's, you feel it's, sorry for Yeah, him. it's creating a relationship. Yeah, true, actually. It's creating some sort of relatable content. Yeah. So while... I, I don't know. Mm. I, I, I don't know. I don't know, because it wasn't an animal. It was just a... It's not a human. And from, from the description, I, I was getting a picture in my head, and it, it was terrifying, and it was very well written. I thought but it's Slenderman. It sounded like a horror... It sounded to me like a sort of... The best thing I can liken it to is one of the creatures of The Last of Us. Yeah, 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 yeah. That like that's, kind of that's sort of like the image that I had in my head. Do you know? I don't know what film it is, but it's this like like skin creature, and it's got eyes on its hand. Yeah, not you mean. See, that's what it reminded me of as well. Yeah, something like that. So like not real. To me, it's potentially not a skinwalker. If it if the story is real. Yeah. Which I do have my reservations on. Yeah. It, it was is... in Utah, though, which is good to know. Was it, though? He said I live in Utah. Well, it lived in Utah. Yeah. Jumping on the ball. <laughs> I'm very cynical. I'll go into the next story with an open mind. Okay, well... But I don't think it was a skinwalker. I think it was a windigo, or however you say it. Because mm. Slenderman's not real, is he? He was a no-sleep story, and they made them all. Yeah, that, that's the sort of... Like a folklore book. A vicious rumour yeah, gone yeah. viral, basically. Like we had a vicious rumour about Henry's watching or something in school, didn't we? Do you remember? People used to draw like this Pac-Man figure and they just put it round the building and they added everyone on Facebook and they used to just say like they were watching you. Do you not remember? I remember completely, uh, but it was just a piece of paper with... No, but that's what I mean. Like That's how things can start though, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> um, so, I don't know how the hell that is relevant to this, but okay. I don't know. Um, I was going to get you to pick another number, but I've just thought that I'll just pick this, the next story. Okay. <laughs> because I like but this I one. I can't be trusted. No, it, it's just it's a little bit shorter, and I know that I'm dragging you on a bit. Well, I don't know where to be. <laughs> Our listeners might. Sorry. <laughs> okay, so... I lied, this is the longest one. <laughs> you can get to fuck. That first one was a fucking novel. Shakespeare would be proud of that. <laughs> Are you messing? So, this one is from Imaginary Traffic. Imaginary dash traffic dash 80. Just a quick side note, I like a tangent, so I'm going to have one. Yeah. Fucking Reddit names. They just generate, you know. You don't pick them. I made us a Reddit the other day and it generated a random name. Do they? Yeah, and it right. said it said you could pick it. I mean, you could keep that name or you could change it. So I changed it to across the cemetery, obviously. But they just generate ours was like hair, hair law, 
eight, nine, seven or something like that. I was like, I'm not keeping that. But you can't change it once you've changed it. Okay. The rant I was going to go on is, I think you can tell how edgy a person is by their Reddit name. But some people do pick them because I've seen one like Skater Girl or something like that. That is not generated by a computer. Might have been. Might have been really, really apt. (laughs) They were a Skater Girl. They said, see you later, girl. (laughs) You used to skate? Moments of silence for everyone. From this terrible dad joke. You got it though. I did, yeah. Love you, you, Avril. You know, Avril Levine is apparently replaced by a clone. Have you heard that? I think that's something you should expand on in a different... No, not right now. I was getting ready then. I took a deep breath. The fact that you had such a deep breath tells me that you know a lot about this and it's stored in your (laughs) mind. Why? I like Avril Levine. You said to go on another side. So, okay, just a brief one. So, apparently Avril Lavigne died when she was younger and she was replaced with this. I can't remember what the name of it. Apparently, I think, if you know, let us know. But I think it's Wendy or Michelle or something. Melissa. It's Melissa. Apparently, Avril Lavigne has been replaced by a clone called Melissa. And if you look at pictures of Avril Lavigne when she was, like, in her skater boy phase and you look at, like... You know, the phase when she had, like, the pink hair and she sang the girlfriend song? Yeah. Apparently, if you compare the two, they look the same, but they're not quite the same. And Av- the Avril Lavigne died yeah. in, like, a car crash or something, but her management didn't want to get rid of her, so they replaced her with a clone. It's mad that, like, a picture of somebody or a video of somebody at a certain age and then a video of somebody at a later age... <laughs> it may look a bit different. I think she's... That's, it, it's almost like a, an unheard of phenomenon. Apparently her whole skin colour changed and everything, but... Well, it's... And her hair colour changed. What? Wow. These My are, hair colour changes every month. These are <laughs> two things that obviously cannot be changed in a person. It's not like in Tropic Thunder, Robert Downey Jr. was a <gasps> fucking black person for the whole film. That's so bad, that film. It's so hilarious, the whole film, though. I don't want to laugh at that film because it's just, it's just bad. It's really funny. You and your dad love it. I've seen it about 20 times in your dad's house. I think he's only got that on DVD. <laughs> he's the only person that still uses DVDs. <laughs> I, I have given the Netflix login. He just he's... Sorry, Netflix, I don't share logins. No, actually, fucking I do. We pay, pay extra? For, pay for the fucking five person one. Your sister signed you up to that, though. <laughs> yeah, she did. <laughs> With, anyway. the, with the promise of paying half of it. <laughs> well, <laughs> anyway, so this is from Imaginary Dash Traffic Dash Eighty, and it is titled "Skinwalker Activity on MT Ranch." So I don't know how many people will read this or how many will believe it, and frankly, I don't care. Well, I like this person already. <laughs> I know that this really happened. My brother knows it and evil, even local law enforcement believes some of it. I even have pictures that I will up- upload if this gets any attention. This happened on a ranch that my brother and I lease in eastern Montana. If you would like more information, you will have to private message me. The ranch in question is massive, covering about 18 sections. A section is one square mile or 640 acres and it is two-thirds deeded, with the rest being either BLM or state-owned. The land is incredibly rugged, 
being covered in clay, hills and deep canyons, and it is for the most part unfenced. There are several buffalo jumps on the, ran on the ranch, where hundreds of years ago the Native Americans would chase herds of buffaloes off cliffs to their deaths. You can still find buffalo bones at these sites. Supposedly the ranch was also the site of a massacre, where an entire village of Hidista were killed by their enemies the Sal. Although I haven't actually found any records of this incident. Also on the ranch, there are two abandoned homesteads. The Mint Place and the Carter Place. These are fake names as the families still live in the area and I would like to keep their information private. The Mint Homestead is merely one mile off of a county road and relatively easy to access. So my brother and I still use the dated cattle pens that are part of it. The Carter Place is more remote, however only being accessible on horseback as the trail that went to it washed out many years ago. All that is left of the Carter Place is a log cabin with the roof caving in, an old corval system and a barn that has toppled over. The last people that lived in the Carter House were the Carter families themselves. But during the 1930s the father went crazy and he murdered the entire family before turning the gun on himself. At least that's what people have said. The ranch's current owner lives in California and has owned the ranch since pur purchasing it from the Mint family during the 1980s. My brother and I began leasing the ranch in 2007. There was some unusual activity at first, mainly random lights, but nothing that couldn't be explained in a reasonable way. The strangeness began in 2017 after a well was drilled on the property. I now wonder if this may have unleashed something. During the fall of 2017, I was searching for strays on horseback when I was approached by two frantic hunters. These hunters claimed that they were being stalked by a pack of wolves, but I was dismissive as there had not been a wolf in this area since the 1920s. The hunters claimed that they knew the difference between wolves and coyotes and they were absolutely certain that what was stalking them was wolves. Whatever it was had seriously bothered them. We, later in the year we were truckling cattle away from the ranch and back to the home place but we found out that we were a dozen head short. Despite us running 600 cattle on the property we kept a very close tab on the herd and it was unusual to lose more than two. But no matter how many times we searched and recounted, we could not find the missing cattle. This began a trend, and so far, since 2017, there had been a total of 138 unaccounted cattle, a financial loss of £165,000. Though there had been many odd events that I can recount, this is one that stands out. This took place in October 2020. Myself, my brother and my brother's eldest son were gathering the cattle and herding them to the Mint homestead when they could be loaded onto trucks and taken to our home ranch for the winter. By this point the weird activity on the ranch had increased. So much that we never went to the ranch without being armed. This day was no exception and strapped to the saddle under my left leg was a Winchester 30 dash 30 rifle. The morning went well and by noon we had gathered 200 herd which were penned up at the mint place. 
After eating a quick lunch, my brother and nephew loaded their horses and left. My nephew had a football game later that day. I stayed alone and rode northwest toward the Carter homestead. The first strange thing to happen was when I rode down a canyon, and as I was riding, I heard multiple howls and cries coming from all directions. I cannot describe what these howls sounded like, but they were like nothing I had heard ever before. As I continued riding in the canyon, I was overcome with a feeling of dread. My horse, Ace, seemed to pick up on this as well, and he began spooking at almost every shadow. This was very out of character for him, as he was usually a calm and collected horse. The second strange thing was when I approached the Carter homestead, as I crested a hill in front of it, Something jumped out of the old log cabin and ran in the opposite direction. I was still close to a mile away, so I had to use my binoculars to get a better look. What I saw through the lenses chilled me to the bone. It was a wolf, but it was massive and solid black. It was so large they could be mistaken for a black bear, but it was undeniably canine. After seeing the wolf, my gut told me to turn around and come back later with company, but I ultimately continued. Throughout the course of the afternoon, I managed to convince myself that the wolf I saw was nothing more than a coyote, and that its black fur was just a shadow. It was nearing dusk before I arrived at the mint place, herding 30 heads of cattle in front of me. After I penned the cattle up, I led Ace back to my pickup and horse trailer. From a distance, I could see there was nothing wrong with the trailer, and as I approached, I found that the axle had come apart. It didn't make any sense to me, as it was fine when I drove in, and there was no explanation as to what could have made it come apart when it wasn't moving. By this time, it was fairly dark outside, and as we were coming out the next day, I decided to unhook the trailer and leave Ace at the corals overnight. When I left, I saw three blue lights near the corals. I attributed these lights to hunters so I continued driving. I also heard some more of the howls that I had heard earlier that day. When all three of us arrived the next morning, we found the corals in a total mess. All the grass was turned up inside the corals where the cattle had been milling and the fence was broken in seven places. The cattle that were penned up from the night before were nowhere to be found, along with my horse Ace. My brother and nephew took off on horseback to try and locate some of the cattle and Ace, but they only managed to find around 20 head. And as I was without a horse, I repaired the trailer and left later in the afternoon. The next day, all three of us rode and we searched exclusively for Ace. During this time, I covered a lot of country that would have otherwise been missed. I discovered more bizarre things. At the bottom of one of the canyons were hundreds of holes, about one foot in, about one foot in diameter and three foot deep, deep. These holes had had to have been dug by people, as there was no animal that would have dug them. I also found a bone pile, which is exceptionally strange. They were the carcasses of four cows, all piled on top of each other, in an area that typically would not have been accessed. At first I thought this was the act of poachers, who were illegally killing and butchering cattle at the ranch. 
but there would have been no way to get to this location with a pickup or a four-wheeler for that matter. The more we searched, the less sense everything made. We searched for three days before we came across something. My brother radioed me as there was no self-service and he believed that he found Ace. My nephew and I rode to this location and sure enough, at the bottom of a sinkhole. Sinkholes are very common in this area so its presence was not unusual, was the carcass of Ace, along with three cows. The sinkhole was at the bottom of a canyon, with the walls of the canyon being 300 feet tall, the sinkhole being another 20 feet deep. It took an hour just to climb down the canyon walls. When I finally approached the sinkhole, I found Ace to be heavy, heavily mutilated. Both ears were removed, along with the eyes, nostrils and hooves. The back half of him was not exposed, but it looked like his tail was also removed. The cows surrounding him had also had similar mutilations. As was the case with the house, the wolf the tr- and the trailer, none of this made sense. It would have been almost impossible for just one cow to end up in this location, let alone three cows and a horse. There were also no tracks leading into or out of the sinkhole or canyon. The sheriff and veterinarian were, be- were both notified and an investigation was launched. The ultimate conclusion was that something had caused the cattle to spook and break out of the corals, and whatever it was that spooked them so bad, they ran all the way down from the mint place to the bottom of this sinkhole in which they had perished. When I mentioned the wolf that I had seen, they were dismissive, just as I had been when the hunters told me of the wolf three years prior. No foul play was suspected and the the case was closed. Though there were many strange things that happened since then, there were none quite as upsetting as the loss of my horse. Cattle continued to go missing and now we only ride the place in pairs. My brother and I are thinking about terminating the lease as for the moment, the current, castle loss, the current cattle losses are unsustainable. I've always been a big YouTube watcher and found that many stories on the site came from Reddit. So I decided to share mine. Though I don't have any pictures of Ace in the sinkhole, my phone was destroyed in an unrelated incident and I didn't have my files backed up. I do have pictures of a separate bone pile and some of the ranch. I will post these to my profile if you're interested in seeing them. What do you think? I think there's a lot of detail to that story, so it's quite hard to argue against it, really. I have kind of got a feeling he's the skinwalker ranch person. Not, but like, a lot of the stuff was similar. Like, the animals had a hole in the eye, and in the skinwalker ranch story, the um, Sherman family said they seen animals with holes in their eyes. Yeah. Unless that's just a skinwalker treat. Yeah, it might be. Because this was in Montana. And I, I'm not very good at geography, but Montana and Utah aren't close by, are they? Or? No idea. <laughs> not too sure. If they are, let us know. <laughs> um. I feel like he has a lot of proof, but I am... Um, why did he suddenly not have pictures? Why, why did his phone malfunction? It was destroyed in an unrelated incident. Yeah, but that is not a bit. Mm. Why have you got the pictures of the bone pile, but not the one of Ace? I don't want to see it. I don't want to see the damaged horse, but. 
The damaged horse. The mutilated horse, then. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. That that was just sort of like he was filing a report for his work. He was was telling his boss about what had happened. Well, he didn't care if you believed it, all right. He said that at the start. Can't fucking remember. (laughs) So, because that story was so long, I'm just going to move on now. Do you think skinwalkers are real? I'm not convinced, if I'm honest. Really? Yeah, because it's there's a lot of inconsistencies. If there are people or witches, medicine men or whatever mm-hmm. that want to be a skinwalker, yeah. why do they feed on animals? Like, in that story, why do they feed on cows, for example, like whole cows? Why do they eat what human people eat? Because they're animals. Oh, no, they're not. They're human. The humans that, yeah. t- that want to turn into animals but then turn back to humans, so why do they eat like that? Well, we eat, hum- we eat animals. Yeah, but little pieces at a time, not whole whole animals in one go. Maybe because they turn into animals, they've got like the animalistic hunger. But even, then, I, even I don't even think a wolf would eat a whole cow. No, probably not. They'd probably leave some of it. Yeah. Well, what are they doing with it? Do you reckon they're doing experiments on it or something? I don't know. I don't know. They're or they're holding... taking its skin. Maybe. Or the hole in the eye thing. What's that all about? Mm, Is I that like a pathway that. to the brain? Yeah, maybe. Because a lot of skinwalker stories seem to correlate with aliens. There's always like flashing lights. And on Skinwalker Ranch, there's UFOs reported as well. Are skinwalkers aliens? And... On a really big ranch, that was, was that 512 acres? Yeah. And That's a big place. And they're aliens, but they, they don't want to they don't want to be caught, so they think, oh, we'll, we'll dress as an animal. But then... It's an alien in sheep's clothing. Yeah. Or wolf's clothing, for this matter. Or, or a Bigfoot-like creature with curly ginger hair. That was that, that the, the Sherman people seen on Skimwalker Ranch. <laughs> I'm not convinced if I'm honest with you I can't, I think they're real but I can't I don't, I'm indifferent to aliens I think there's some. There's probably something So you're convinced they're aliens then? Because you said aliens quite a lot I think that aliens probably are a thing Like there's obviously going to be something on the other planet But I I don't know I, I think skinwalkers are aliens if they are real, I think that's what they are as well. Yeah. Because it it just doesn't seem to make... There's a lot of pitfalls. And if they are real and have been around for so many hundreds of years as they would have done in Native American like folklore... In the Navajo culture. Yeah. Then... They don't like to speak about it, though. Surely they'd be a bit more understood about them. It's like Fight Club, though. Okay. Skinwalkers, I like Fight Club. Yeah. Okay. The first two rules. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I haven't got a reaction to that. Why? Is it Aliens or Fight Club? What if Brad Pitt alien is an alien? <laughs> okay, we're digging a hole here. <laughs> a hole that we probably can't get out of. There's a hole in an the eye. There's also a hole in the ground that they seem to like to throw animals down as well. I know, that was sad, that. The poor horse, apes. 
I know the poor cows. I know, but they were going to get killed anyway because they were for food. Yeah, true. That story was it was a bit long, but there was a bit too much for him. There was too much going there was on too in that much story. Business like detail. He had to go on about his ranch, like we've been renting it for this long. We do this. <laughs> my me and my brother work together. We are friends. <laughs> we can't afford this ranch anymore. Buy it off of us. Rent it. Rent it off us. Because the man's in California. Oh yeah. He's probably an alien as well. He's probably a lizard. <laughs> The whole phenomenon in itself, I'm not convinced on. I, I think it is real to a to an extent. I think it's more people wearing animal clothes, animal skins, and acting. They. You need to get your story straight. Is it people? Is it aliens? I think if it's gonna be real, it's gonna be people wearing animal skins and trying like as a culture thing, and people have just seen them in the background and think, "Oh God, what's that?" But I want it to be aliens. Okay. Why do you want so it'd be more like... more interesting and <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Not like psychotic it'd be interesting then. No. Okay. <laughs> what about the lights? What ex- what explanation do you have for the lights? Aliens. So so it's more Simon aliens because there's more proof for that? Yeah. But there's cop crop circles. Crop crop crop. Crop. There's crop circles, um, there's lights, they've got flashing lights, um, I can't remember. I didn't really talk about the aliens much because it was a Skinwalker episode, but every time it came back, it always ended up that it was aliens being hinted at with the lights and yeah. stuff was going missing, but you couldn't possibly carry it on like, a horseback or in a car, you couldn't get down that path. Yeah. It'd be hard to move a lot of cows, like in that last story. Yeah, especially, was it like 30 cows, wasn't it? Yeah, something like that, over a short period of time. Yeah. But then also, just to move one cow would be next to impossible if you were lifting it up as a person, because they would weigh like near a ton, I think. Well, if you were an alien, you'd be able to beam them about. Yeah, because they've all got the same equipment. Yeah. Okay. So... In fairness, I think that concludes. I think this was our longest episode. I'm not convinced that you think they're aliens. I I, I probably sided that more than anything. (laughs) Probably are aliens. If you have any theories on what a skinwalker might be, or if they are even real at all. Or if you've encountered a skinwalker, or your culture is... Has a similar sort of adaptation or a, a similar concept then you can let us know. Um, you can reach us by email on acrossthecemetery at gmail.com. You can find us on Instagram at acrossthecemetery. You can find us on TikTok at axthecemetery. You can find us on YouTube at axthecemetery. You can find us on Twitter at axthecemetery. And you can find us on Reddit at acrossthecemetery. Because Emmett is a Reddit person now. I am a Reddit person now. And thank you very much for listening and we'll see you in the next episode. Thank you for listening. Bye. Bye.